Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Evan Thomas on the Broken 40 podcast. And once again, I'm outside walking and I want to inspire you to walk as well. Today is Saturday, August 1st, and I'm so excited today. This is going to be my first episode of a case study on the Broken 40 podcast. So I want to inspire you to get up every day, maybe at 5 a.m. before the kids are even up. You're going to put on those walking shoes. You're going to drink some water, maybe with some lemon. You're going to splash water on your face and you're going to wake up and you are just going to start walking. Walking is free, everybody. You don't need a gym membership. Just put on your shoes, go outside and listen to this podcast. Every single episode, you're going to listen to this episode, listen to these episodes, I should say, and you're going to walk with me on your way to wealth. And today, David and Amy from Boulder, Colorado want to know, how can they go from broke to brilliant? So stay tuned, everybody. The podcast begins now. Hi, everybody. This is Evan Thomas of the Broke at 40 podcast. You're not going to want to miss today's episode. We're going to be talking to a listener that wants to go from broke to brilliant in three to five easy steps. So stay tuned and we're happy you're with us today. Should you compare yourself to others? If I ask you that question, is it a good idea to compare yourself to others? We hear about that a lot, don't we? It's always not a good idea to compare ourselves to others, especially if it's from a negative perspective. We see people on Facebook, on other social medias, we see their homes, we see their expensive cars, their expensive vacations. We see fit, happy, healthy people, beautiful people, right? And so we compare ourselves to these images that we see And that can be very negative sometimes in our minds if we compare ourselves to live up to those expectations that we see. But what if I were to say to you, is there a positive way that we can compare ourselves to others? Is there a positive benchmark from which to see others that are trying to better themselves? Is it a good idea to see, really see everything about their finances, for example? Well, that's what this segment is all about. I'm introducing a case study analysis of somebody's finances because I think that we can compare ourselves again and have that benchmark to learn about what people are doing in society today, especially those that are listening to podcasts, right? Financial podcasts, especially those people like you that are reading blogs. You may have a favorite blog that you've been, you know, admiring through the years and you want to live up to and you have expectations for yourself and you want to be accountable. All of those things we're going to explore in this segment called a case study analysis. So for those of you that want to partake in it, you just send me an email at evanthomasbroke at yahoo.com. I'm going to send you an email back with 10 questions about your past, 10 questions about what you want in the future. I'm going to send you a spreadsheet. You're going to put in all the numbers and we're going to have a discussion where I am actually going to talk to our listeners about your financial situation. 
anonymously, right? So we can all learn and have benchmarks of people in the financial independent community that are looking to better themselves. So I'm going to take all that information, I'm going to study it, and then I'm going to give a three to five to maybe a 10 point plan to bring you from broke to brilliant. This segment is inspired by Deanna at Recovering Women Wealth and a post titled, In Recovery, How Do You Know When It's Time to Work on Your Finances? Deanna discusses priorities from her perspective and how it's sometimes smart to begin now. Don't let analysis paralysis hold you back. Check out Deanna's website at recoveringwomenwealth.com. following is a fictitious story for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor if necessary. David and Amy, thanks for joining the show today. I know you can hear me just like all the other listeners out there. You'll be able to hear me. Of course, you can't speak. But first of all, I would like to thank you so much for sending in your paperwork into the show. I received all of your paperwork. I've gone through all of the numbers. I've looked at your answers to the questions that I provided to you. Thank you for spending the time to answer all 20 questions I think I had for you to get an idea of not only your past 15 years, but also what your goals are for the future. So I'll be going through that paperwork with my listeners here today and with you as well. I also have all of your numbers that you provided to me of your income, your debt, net worth, everything. Um, So I'll be going over that with you. And then at the end of the segment, I'm going to give you probably a six to 10 point plan to go from broke to brilliant. So first of all, being in Boulder, Colorado, that's a very expensive place, isn't it? I've been doing some research. So Boulder, for those of you that don't know, is just outside of Denver, Colorado. Beautiful place if you haven't been there. Um, Downtown area, David and Amy live close to downtown. There's a lot of galleries, cafes, restaurants, boutiques. It's close to the University of Colorado, I believe. And I also did some research and found out that in the late 60s, it was a kind of a free thinking kind of a community. And it's still that way today. The city has kind of morphed into an outdoorsy type place set in the beautiful landscaping of the Colorado area so beautiful place but as you know it's very expensive too so we'll be getting to those numbers here in just a little while Um, I did come up with a couple questions here I want to share with every listener today regarding your back story so in the past 15 years so let me read the question and I'm going to quote and give Amy's answer I also want to share with listeners that Amy really is the one that wrote into the show Amy and David have been married since the age of 22. They're both 37 at this point. So actually, I should probably give a little bit of a profile rundown. So yes, David and Amy are both 37 years old. They've been married since they were 22. Um, I'll do a high-level overview of their income and their net worth. So they have a take-home pay of $12,675, which is really good. They both... um, make combined 195,000. That's their total gross. 
Amy makes about 85,000, David makes 110. So their after tax net income total for the year is about 152,000. Divide that by 12 and you get like 12,675 per month. They've got two children, Stephanie age six and William age 10. So we'll be talking about that here in a little while as some of their expenses involve obviously their children. So the first question that I asked was, over the last 10 to 15 years, what has your attitude been towards money? In other words, give me your thoughts on money. Is it a positive position regarding your thoughts and feelings? And did it result in a positive or negative or neutral behaviors? You know, did you wake up thinking that it was always a good morning over the past 15 years? Or did you feel on average things like, you know, what's so good about today? So Amy wrote back, and I quote, she said, if I were to answer this on average, I'd say that David and I, from age 22 until today, we've been all over the place with how we feel about money. Honestly, we didn't even think about it when we first got married. We spent everything we made, especially during those early years when I was drinking a lot. I really didn't think about it. It's painful for me to talk about it because we were so young and stupid when it came to money. I'm honestly surprised he didn't really end our marriage. I ran up our credit card debt, and we've been dealing with this demon all of these years. I didn't get sober until just a few years ago. So this question is really hard to answer. 12 of the years, pretty much my attitude about life in general was, what's so good about today? Mornings were awful. You know, good morning really wasn't a part of my vocabulary. So waking up with a hangover every day was pretty normal for me. She went on to say, I didn't really think about money. David handled all of it. I just tried my best to take care of our kids. Um, when we were 27, that's when William was born. David paid our bills, and I guess he did the best as he could to make things work. I just used credit cards for all kinds of things. Our debt really peaked at about 115000 before we began to pay it off. I'm ashamed, really. We did cut up our credit cards, and we are no longer adding to our total." End quote. So yeah, Amy, really, thank you for your honesty, you know, regarding your attitudes and behaviors about money. So it doesn't seem like it's real consistent over those past 15 years, so that's fine. Um, then the next question I asked over the last 10 or 15 years, did the two of you meet to discuss your financial goals as a couple for the growth of your family. And Amy wrote and said, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I wish I could have could say that David and I were on the same page with money from age 22 to 37. It's a blur really for me. Again, she says, I didn't stop drinking until I was 34 and that was just a few years ago. So to answer this, I really have to say, no, we didn't meet at all. So I pretty much drank every night while David worked late most of the time. He was paying the bills as best he could. Credit card bills were rolling in and he was too afraid really to talk to me about my spending. He's pretty quiet. He probably enabled me, I guess, which is like, which I guess like a lot of men with men, women do with addictions. Through therapy, he's been so much better now that I'm and I'm so grateful that I quit drinking and woke up three years ago. We did find Dave Ramsey because of a girlfriend of mine 
that told us about him and we started listening to his show. We bought his book and started learning about what a mess our lives were in with money. So over the last three years though, yes, we did definitely, or we do now definitely meet pretty much every week and we talk about our money. We know now what we've done. We see the debt. We see the $85,000 of credit card debt. Whereas when it was $100,000 or a little bit more just a few years ago, we really didn't see it. We were kind of blind. End quote. Alrighty, thank you for that. And then I have two questions here that I asked Amy and David about their future. Number one, what are your top three goals for the next 15 years? And this can be money related or just in general. What are your passions in life? Do you hope to retire early? Do you hope to find a more rewarding home life or career? Give me your top three life goals as it relates to money or anything else you can think of. <clears throat> and Amy wrote, well, a year ago, I found Deanna's website, Recovering Women Wealth, and she inspired me to keep my sobriety a number one focus in my life. And through her, I've been able to find strength to admit my faults. It started as me really getting sober and escalated into me sharing with David her articles about money and I began to see that she was such a positive role model for me. Kind of like when you find a friend that you can really connect with on a personal level, but you really can't figure out why. I never met her, but I found that every time she posted an article, I was drawn to and read everything to help motivate me to stay committed and to stay on track. David and I would read them together. Um, so I'd like to let her know just how thankful I am for all of the insight that she's been able to bring us to pay off our credit card debt primarily as we are starting our debt-free journey. She was like, just start now. Begin paying it off. Stop adding more to it. So reading her articles again was pivotal, pivotal in my commitment to stay focused. And then we found your podcast and connected with you. We said to ourselves, Evan was broke at 40 and we're only 37. We really liked your bankruptcy at 29 episode. You really helped us realize that we should also start now as well. Um, so to answer your question, over the last year or two, David and I have really thought about our goals, especially when it comes to money. So number one, we want to set a positive role model for William and Stephanie. In 15 years, they're going to be 25 and 21. The same age approximately that their mom and dad met, fell in love and got married. And do we want to be broken in thousand dollars of debt when they're just starting out in life? No, we don't. Number two, we want to be financially secure, whatever that means. We're still learning. Number three, we want to someday leave a legacy to our children. We want to leave them an inheritance. Then they'll know just how much we really love them, end quote. So that's really nice. Thank you for that, Amy. I really appreciate that. And I, I know Deanna will be happy to hear this as well. And the second question about the future is, what do you feel will motivate you towards meeting these goals? Are there any barriers that you can think of that will block you from achieving this in the next 15 years? And Amy's answer was, both David and I are pretty confident that as long as we both keep working to improve ourselves as individuals, 
me with staying sober and David not enabling me and continuing to pursue his passions towards his career goals. We don't see any barriers other than continuing to pay off our $85,000 in credit card debt. We feel like we have our spending under control, but to be honest, when we filled out your expenses worksheet, we aren't really sure where all of our money is going. We'd like to think that we're on track, but we really can't see the bigger picture. We're just so excited to be paying off the debt. That's really all we can think about right now. But bad habits are hard to break. She goes on to say, I'll be honest, even though I'm not drinking anymore and I'm trying my best to stop spending, I feel like I'm really addicted to Amazon Prime, especially now with the pandemic. I've been using my debit card too much lately. I sometimes hide boxes from David at the, that come to the door. He sees paying the credit cards. He, I'm sorry, he keeps paying the credit cards and we keep meeting weekly to talk about our budget, but it's really been difficult. We don't always do real well with these meetings. I do think that there are gaps in our budget, but we are trying. So to answer your question, I think we need to get our budget in line. I wish I could say we were on top of it as much as we should be. Your build a budget episode was a little confusing to us because we really couldn't see the spreadsheet to be confident in how it really works. Um, so since we can't see it, it's hard for us to completely make sense. But again, to answer this question, we really do need help in seeing the next 15 years. We're doing okay, but we're not perfect. So thank you, Amy, for that and David. I think that really helps our listeners understand exactly where you are. So through that, I hear that you are looking to improve yourselves. You know, self-improvement, personal growth are important to you. So what I'd like to do now, I gave a brief overview of your expenses, your income. I would like to continue on this journey of talking to, ev to everybody, you and our listeners, about your particular situation, and then I'll come up with a way that you can go from broke to brilliant. So again, let's refresh everybody's memory about David and Amy's situation. They're both 37, two children, um, their income total gross is 195000 152000 net after tax. So their take-home income is 12675 a month. In retirement, they have $25,000. So in their retirement account, they've got $25,000. Their emergency fund is $8,500. Their current home value is $650,000. So their total assets are $683,500. Their expenses per month are approximately $10,409. Their consumer debt is $85,000. Mortgage debt is $425,000. So their total debt is $510,000. So their total net worth at this point is $173,500. That's pretty great, right? For age 37, more than I had, I had a negative net worth at age 40 in their three years prior to becoming 40. So kudos to you guys for having a net worth of $173,000. Now, when I look at your spreadsheet that you sent in, I wanna share with everybody 
that the spreadsheet that I the spreadsheet that I gave David and Amy has categories within it. So let me just read those off quickly. We've got home expenses, vehicle, insurance, food, children, pets, entertainment, personal care, clothing, health, other, debt repayment, and savings. So those 13 categories I had Amy and David put down on paper all of their numbers in those different categories. So let me read those off to you and we'll go down the spreadsheet just to give you an idea of what they provided to me. So again, their take home is about 12,000 actually, 12,675. So their home expenses, about 4,170. Vehicle, 1174. And I notice you've got two leased cars. We've got a <laughs> two leased cars going on here. So that's interesting. I'll talk about that a little bit later. So for vehicles, 1174. Insurance, 432. Food and groceries, 1467 a month. Children expenses, which includes child care, is 1315. Pets, they do have a pet named Dixie. So $135 there. Entertainment, about 80 bucks per month. Personal care, 240 for things like haircuts. Clothing, 250. Other, 300, which is a vacation fund and a holiday gifts fund. Debt expenses, they have the credit card, right? So the credit card, they're sending about $850 per month to that $85,000 in credit card debt. After-tax savings, well, actually just savings in general, is about $1,575. That's $300 going into their emergency fund, um, $300 into their educational fund for their children, and $975, which is 6% of their gross into their 401k, for again, a total of 1575. So their total expenses that I just gave you right there is $11,984. But their income a month is 12,675. So I found a surplus, good news for Amy and David, of about $700, $691 of surplus. So what this tells me is that even though they put the numbers on the spreadsheet, there might be some money here going on that they really don't know where it's going. So I'll talk about that here in just a little while, but it's good news because it's a surplus rather than being a deficit because we know that they stopped paying their credit cards or that I'm sorry, they stopped adding to their credit card debt. So that's a very good thing. <clears throat> now, the next thing I did was you, re you may recall my power of percents episode where I have the awareness of the categories of money, of expenses, that everybody should be no more than a certain percentage. So what I did was, of these 13 categories that Amy and David, Amy and David filled out the spreadsheet, I took that information and I filtered it into five categories. So let me just give you what those numbers are. And if you wanna write these down, you can. I'm gonna start with monthly, which I just did for you, and then I'm gonna turn it into a yearly and then give you the percents of where they fall. 
so monthly 12,675. So for the savings, they've got 1,575, which was 975 for their 401k, which is 6%, 300 emergency fund, 300 educational for a total of 1,575. Their housing is 3,010, which is their principal interest in taxes. Transportation per month, 1174 for those two leased cars and gas, etc. In the life category, which is life expenses and fun, we have quite a things that I filtered into there. 1160 of utilities, 432 insurance, 1467 for food and restaurants, 1315 for the children, which is the childcare. The pet was 135, entertainment 76. Personal 240, clothing 250, other for vacations 300 for a total of $5,375 a month. Their debt repayment was 850. So if you add all that up, you get to close to the 12,675. That's where we have the excess of $691 a month. Where what that means is they think they're spending what they provided on the spreadsheet. But if we think back to what Amy was saying in her email to me, her debit card, she was using her debit card too much. So I think there's a lot of cash here, Amy, and I'm speaking directly to you right now and maybe David as well, where if you really you know, get a handle on your money every month, I think you'll see that you're spending more, not to the credit card, but to your debit card. So I'd encourage you to go back to your checking account to see are this is this where the Amazon purchases are you know something's going on here where we have seven hundred dollars that I cannot account for so now let me show you your percents of those five categories for the entire year and then I'll show you what percent you are so for the year you have hundred fifty two thousand remember of your net income hundred fifty two thousand well the housing was 36,000, that's 24%. Transportation, 14,000, which is 9%. Your life category is 64,000, which is 42%. Now here's where it gets interesting. Um, what I would like to do, and part of my proposal that you'll hear in just a minute here, is that currently you're sending $10,200 to the pay off of that $85,000 of credit card debt, right? Well, because I found that $691 of excess, and once I send you the build a budget spreadsheet, this is gonna make sense because you, you're gonna count for every single penny. <laughs> um, we're gonna add the $691 a month to that existing debt repayment and bump it up to a total of $18,492. I'll talk more about that here in just a little while. That's gonna be your new debt repayment to bump you up to 13% for debt repayment rather than the standard 10% that we see. Um, I think you can afford this because we found that extra money. So that'll be 13%. Um, your savings right now is 18,900 and that represents 12%. When I looked at the percentages, nothing seemed out of balance except your life category is kind of high at 42%, but there was nothing there that I could see because you've got two children. I really need to keep that there, so I'm fine with that. 
I'll address some other items here in just a little while. All right, so that's it, everybody, for what they have in terms of, you know, the email that they sent me. You can kind of get a feel for where David and Amy are with what they were in the past and how we're going to tr transition them into the future. So here's your plan, Amy and David, to go from broke to brilliant because you guys are doing great. I really think that you're doing great. Number one, I want you to continue on this road of self-improvement and personal growth. In your emails to me, and I just shared a little bit of the emails with the listeners, but you shared so much more about your commitment to sobriety, Amy. I think that's amazing. So continue on that path. Continue, David, on your career path. You're doing great now. You're 37. You, can, you have a long way to go in your career. You're going to continue to do a great job. Both of you seem so disciplined. I could see that. I could hear that in the emails that you sent over to me. You're both very, very disciplined. You know, great positive thoughts going on. So continue on that journey of self-improvement because what we see is that, as I've said in previous episodes, if people's um, personal growth, if you continue to grow as individuals and as a family, you're going to continue to allow your net worth to go up and up and up, commensurate with how you feel about yourself. It's going to happen. You're both very young. You have all of these years to go. You're doing great with self-improvement and personal growth. Number two, continue to be the awesome parents that you are to William and Stephanie. I could hear that in the emails. I could hear all of your stories about how much you love your children. You know, you, you've changed your lives. You're not drinking Amy anymore. You're committed to being sober. Your children are going to see that. Share that with them. Share that with them as you move forward. They're going to become strong, powerful adults because they're going to learn from the examples that the two of you set for the entire family unit. Now, the, the next thing I'd like to share with you is you would want to bump up that debt repayment. So I just shared with you briefly how you could do that. And let me just share a little bit more with you. So as you know, you have that $85,000 of credit card debt at 9%. You're not adding any more money to it, right? You've cut up your credit cards, you put them away, they're gone. So, but you're currently paying the 850 a month. That would take you 16 years to pay off at this current dollar amount. But if you put, if you take your 850 plus the excess I found in your budget of 691, 850 and 691 is 1541 is your new monthly payment. You're going to have that paid off in just six years. In just six years, you're going to have that $85,000 completely paid off. Wouldn't that feel amazing? Because $85,000 of credit card debt is relatively high. So you want to definitely make that your number one priority. You're going to get that paid off 10 years earlier than if you just kept on the path that you were on. The next thing I would like to share with you is, okay, we got to get real with that debit card, okay? So that Amazon Prime, the box is coming to the door. Amy and David, seriously, once I send you this build a budget spreadsheet and you plug in the numbers, I have to tell you, you guys have a lot of take home pay. It's huge. That's a lot of money. I really think in addition to what I just shared with you. I was able to find approximately $700 that you don't know where that's going. 
you're going to shift that into your credit card debt to get it paid off, like I just said. That's just the beginning. I really think, you know, Amy, in your emails to me, you said you're a little confused over how to do that. You guys have such a big income that you could definitely find better ways to cut things out of your expenses to shift that in to get that credit card debt paid off even faster. Or if you're okay with the five-year plan I gave you, that's great. I mean, your lease cars. Okay. All right. So that's the next thing I want to talk to you about. First, the debit card. You're going to cut that up. You're not going to be using that anymore. You're going to be, you're going to know exactly where your dollars are going. These leased cars that you guys have, they're killing you. I don't know many people that have leased cars, you know, matching leased cards. You've got a red one and a black one. Well, it's putting you both in the red, right? That's terrible. You need to get into the black. So get rid of both of those leased cars. And actually, you're both working from home now. Do you really need two cars sitting in the driveway? No. No, those leased cars are six, seven hundred bucks a month. You need to get rid of those. Get a car that will get you around one car, pay, you know, ten thousand for it or something like that, get it paid off quickly. You know, you guys can do that. That's gonna help you then see the bigger picture of how can you then take that money that I didn't even talk about. I didn't even talk about getting rid of the leased car that you know that those huge expenses. Could you not add that to your 401k? Of course you could. So those leased cars are killing you. That stuck out like a red thumb. Um, then the next thing I can share with you that in six years, you're both just gonna be 43. That is so young. In six years, you're gonna be debt free. That 85,000 in credit card debt that's been crippling you for years is gonna be gone. You're gonna be debt free outside of the mortgage and by the way the mortgage is going to be paid off when you're both like 59 years old which is perfectly fine you bought it in 2012 your interest rate is fine 30-year mortgage you know i wouldn't do anything with that unless over the next several years you have more money coming in who knows what's going to happen maybe you could throw money at that as well to get that paid off but really you know your your number one priority right now is to get the debt paid off once you do that, you can then shift that debt repayment from the credit card once that's gone and take that money, that $18,492 a year that you're sending for six years into your credit card, you're going to put that now towards your 401k and you may want to open up a Roth IRA, although you're coming up to those high limits of dollar amounts, you'd have to check with a financial advisor or just Google it to see what are the top limits of income because you guys are kind of up there for limits. Even if you can't open up a Roth IRA, open up a taxable account like I did with a discount brokerage like Vanguard, for example. Um, but if you just took that debt repayment of $18,492 um, a year and you added it to what your 401k would probably be in six years, about 30 grand, you added it there, for 15 years, just at 6% average rate of return, you're gonna have nearly $600,000 when you're both just 58 years old, okay? That's huge. And that's just doing nothing but shifting the credit card, what you're paying there, which you'll be used to for six years, and then putting it towards 
investments instead. That's 600,000. Now, the reality is, over the next six years, 10 years, the good news for you guys is, what I gave you right now is a plan to really look at your money, and I'm gonna get you to think about taking the money that you have and putting it into better buckets, right? But here's the reality. You're both doing so great with your careers. You know, you're on point, you're on target. You're gonna be able to make more money just because of your self-growth and your attitude and working great for the company, that that money is just gonna come. You're gonna keep your expenses down. You're gonna have a downward trajectory continuing rather than the upwards that you had previously. Downward, your income is gonna continue to go up. And so if you just increase that 18,492 per year to $40,000 per year, right? So as you get increases in your job, 5% this year, 3% next year, 3% the following year after that, you still have that window of 10 to 15 years that you can continue to increase your investing year after year with your goal of getting it to as close to 40 grand a year as you can. Once you do that, you know, you're going to easily be able to get to a million dollar net worth by the time you're 58 rather than the 600. That's a $400,000 differential. If you continue to add per year more and more money into there, you're going to get there. 600 to 800 to a million. All right, David and Amy, that has been your case study for our listeners. I really want to thank you both for being on the show, for having the vulnerability to share anonymously with all of our listeners your financial situation. I know that everybody listening that is in your position where they have big incomes and they have expenses like you do, they're gonna to relate to you. They may relate to your addiction story, the fact that you're bettering yourself each and every year. And the more people that can listen to this to hear that you're going on and you're improving your life year after year, then that's going to be better for all of us. So David and Amy from Boulder, Colorado, thank you so much for being on the show and have a great day. This segment is inspired by Deanna at Recovering Women Wealth and a post titled, In Recovery, How Do You Know When It's Time to Work on Your Finances? Deanna discusses priorities from her perspective and how it's sometimes smart to begin now. Don't let analysis paralysis hold you back. Check out Deanna's website at recoveringwomenwealth.com. That's going to do it for today's case study episode. I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, if you've got a friend that's struggling financially, please share this episode with them. We would really appreciate it. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. I'm Evan Thomas, and this is the Broke at 40 Podcast.